Today, a fifth of the Church of England's 12,500 parishes are estimated to be estates parishes, meaning that they include at least 500 social housing homes. However, half of these estates currently have no Church of England worship centre within them. Over the last two years to try and address this, the Church of England's Estates Theology Project has been pairing up local ministers, vicars and priests with academic theologians. The aim is to help churches and their neighbours to reflect on what gifts God has given them to share together. Hello and welcome to Finding the Treasure, good news from the estates, with me, Liza Ward. I'm 40 years old and back in the 90s, I grew up in Manchester on many different estates, including the Hume Estate, which at the time was pretty infamous for poverty and crime. For this episode, I'm headed to the southeast of England and to a small suburb in Gillingham called Twiddle. Tuddles are a housing estate of 10,500 people. And these days it's a make-up of about one-third social housing, one-third private rent and one-third owner-occupied. It's basically people that are either commuting to London, professionals, or retired people. We're quite well rooted in our image and our direction. And I feel quite proud of, you know, the things that we have done as a church. As you walk into a small parade of shops that surround a green, your eye is immediately drawn to a beautiful, ornate signpost. The letters T-W-Y-D-A-L-L proudly take centre stage and are silhouetted by a farmer and his animals. A flock of geese fly over his head, while underneath is an ornate sail ship, a heart back to the famous dockyards of neighbouring Chatham. However, the image of a sail has another significance. Turn around from the sign and you see Holy Trinity Church, itself a listed building with magnificent architecture. It has a roof that looks like two sails, standing firm against the wind, giving the church an amazing sense of grandeur. The church warden here is a man called John who greeted me with a handful of screwdrivers, strange-looking Allen keys and a bag of tools to fix the hand dryer in the toilet. So I've been here nearly 35 years and I like Twiddle. I remember when you first, you say to people, they say, where are you from? I'm from Twiddle now. You can see the look on their face and they go, you want to think that? You think it. Because people in Twiddle don't think that. And testimony to that is you don't see too many houses for sale. And if you do, they're gone. And people come back here. I don't know why it's still maintained that almost stigma of it's council estate. And it, oh, sure, it's a council estate. But it doesn't feel like... You know, when people pigeonhole, you live on a counter. It's not like that around here. Yeah, sure, there's some wrong ones. You get there anywhere you go. But there's some good-hearted people in this community. My name is Joe, and I've been a member of this church for some 50-odd years. 
All right. Now, look at the way life is going today. I mean, I remember when you could walk around here, you could leave your doors open, your car doors open, leave the keys in the kitchen. Nobody would bother. And that was here, way back when it was first built. This all started about uh, 1949, 50s. But today I feel that everything has been lost because uh, you, you can't reach people. Everybody's got their problems, and yes, and, and an awful lot of them have got problems because they're all either in debt or owe this, owe that, and so on. You can sit out there and you look around and see the amount of people there are walking around with sticks, trolleys, sick, and they are. There's very few fit people out there. Julie, too, has spent most of her life in Twiddle. In fact, she lives four doors up from the house she grew up in. We are lucky to live in this area, but just a few miles down the road into Gillingham is a whole different story at the moment, and it is really quite frightening. The youth aren't safe. There's lots of things going on, obviously huge knife crime, and it is really worrying. It's worrying because our youth are getting drawn into these gangs and it's spiralling out of control. Drugs are spiralling out of control. It is a big concern. It's so difficult because I feel here in our little community, we're immune from it, but it's not going to be long before it's starting to encroach. Twiddle's a housing estate that works really well in the way that you'd think housing estates ought to be. It was well designed, the homes are big, there's lots of really good local facilities. It has a really clear community centre and the church is right at the heart of that. This is Reverend Anne Richardson. She's been the vicar at Holy Trinity Church in Twiddle for five and a half years. So I grew up on Thamesmead in South East London, so I come from an estate and in fact an estate that would be considered a far rougher estate than this one um, with far more difficult and intractable problems it is possible to come from a housing estate and join a church and actually be accepted i think in some respects the church in its hierarchies just doesn't have enough voice coming not only from the housing estates but from post-industrial towns and from other areas of social deprivation I think just because the voice isn't there, there is exclusion. It's not intentional, but it exists. But then there is also, if you live on a housing estate, there is a geographical isolation. They tend to be one road in, one road out. This one very much is. It's got dual carriageways and a railway line bordering the estate. And there can be a, a mentality that says, we, we are twiddle. You're working against decades of associations that are built up and also on the whole you're working against a stigma that exists outside of the church rather than within the church and actually getting the voice of the church heard further afield actually isn't always easy. In 2017 Justin Stratis, a tutor in Christian doctrine and a director of postgraduate research in Trinity College Bristol was teamed up with Anne to reflect on what it means to be an estates parish in Twiddle. Well as you can tell from this outrageous accent I am not from these shores I grew up in America in a place called New Jersey 
Um, I came to Britain in 2008 to do some education, and I've been living in Bristol since 2012. Um, one of the things that struck me when I came to this country is the class divisions in British culture and society. And it was something I had to sort of learn that people had divided themselves according to all sorts of markers with which I was unfamiliar, things like accents and educational backgrounds. And then in my job teaching at Trinity, coming across students from these various backgrounds where they were sort of explaining their encounters as ordinands and training in the Church of England as people from maybe working class backgrounds and how they felt they didn't quite fit in with the culture of the Church of England. Then I sort of developed an interest in how the church can address what I perceive to be a problem, actually, where the church is conforming in some ways to maybe some of the negative aspects of this classist culture that we have here. I'm the church pianist, and I am the person that does the nativities every year, so I take charge of the Christmas celebrations Lauren is an enthusiastic member of Holy Trinity and has been at the church all her young life. You could say it runs in her family, having taken over piano duties from her mum. It's only in the past few years that I've, I've heard Twiddle be referenced as a council estate. In my eyes, I never felt like that when I was growing up. You know, I lived literally just around the corner along Waltham Road and I never associated that word with where I lived and it's only in the past few years that I've heard it more and I thought oh right okay so for me I, I've never really seen it as you know obviously growing up and you, you get older and you understand things more but I've never really seen us as you know a, a council estate in that sense maybe we are obviously on paper in terms of financially and all this stuff but that spirit doesn't always wasn't always you know resonating with me when I was growing up. My experiences being a, a Twiddillion has been absolutely wonderful, really. I couldn't fault it. A lovely place for me to grow up. So, yeah. I love the word Twiddillion. That's great. <laughs> or Twiddleite, you know. Twiddleite. <laughs> Brilliant. Just that comfortableness that we, you know, we feel that obviously is conveyed into how we approach other people, which is it's lovely. That's what we want to do. We want to, when people come in, you know, we've heard people say, it's just a lovely place. It's so, everyone is so friendly and we're so happy that that is the message that we're obviously giving because that's the message you want to give at the end of the day, isn't it? That is the message, isn't it? It's the message of love. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that Twiddle has, you know, nailed it really. <laughs> if I, don't, if I, I think so. Seriously, 10 out of 10. Outreach is an important aspect of church life in Twiddle. And one way they do this is to take the church to the streets. Here's Julie again. We did a street each. We were, two of us went round and knocked on the doors. And we did get quite some cold responses where people said, I don't believe and just shut the door. But there was lots of people who had things on their hearts and they did share how they were feeling and asked us to pray for certain things. And it was quite a... A privileged place to be actually because we were doing it under the church so we had that authority behind us but because we were doing it with a card a prayer card and going back to collect that so we visited the street twice we had a, a purpose to do it if you see what I mean. 
But what about those who don't have homes? And even though it's 2019, homelessness is still a problem. Reverend Dan Richardson chaired the working group for a homeless shelter that operates across Medway. When I think of the things, I mean, that Anne has done in this church in five and a half years is actually amazing. This is Kevin. He's worked for the Holy Trinity Church since 2007. He sees the poverty here on a daily basis. Each church will actually take in people overnight because the weather's changed, it's getting cold, and they come in and they get a bed, they get a meal, hot meal cooked for them, and they can talk with people and they know they've got somewhere to go. And if it's freezing cold out there or snowing or whatever, you know, when we look at it, we're lucky because we can go home and we can we can go under a duvet. And actually, it doesn't matter if we've got no heating or electric, we're warm. But the poor people that are out there on the streets have got nowhere to go. And at least, in a way, the church is keeping them alive, really. The specific project that Anne and Justin undertook started off as an exercise in listening and eventually evolved into a manifesto called the Twiddle Declaration. So we're part of a larger group and we meet together with other practitioners and theologians um, to discuss our different projects. And as we talked, I thought, um, thinking of the conversation I had with people here on the estate, I didn't want to come up with some sort of plan to help them. I wanted to rather give them a voice to speak into the church. There's varying levels of education here, so um, I could have just said, here, guys, write something for us. Instead, what we did was have a bunch of meetings with them, submit this as a draft to the people here, and have them say, is this what you think? And the premise of it is that even if the Church of England at the top levels tends to be kind of uniform in terms of its um, its class and structure, the church is made up of a vast diversity of people. And a good ecclesiology means that each member of the church has something to say and to contribute. And not just has something to contribute, but that what they have to say is necessary for the health of the church. So that if the church doesn't hear people from Twiddle and other kinds of estates um, speaking to them prophetically, then the church is worse off and less healthy. So we wanted to be kind of a conduit for them to speak in ways that they would not normally have a venue to do so. The Twiddle Declaration puts into words what members of the community want from the church in Twiddle and from the wider Christian community. And having read it myself in its current form, as it's still to be fully completed, it's powerful stuff. We affirm that God is with his people who live on housing estates and is already working powerfully amongst us. The kingdom of God has already come near in our midst and this should be cause for celebration and gratitude among the whole people of God. We reject the notion that social deprivation indicates God forsakenness. And its flip side, that financial stability, indicates God's blessing. Housing estates are not mere objects for the charity of the rich. They are diverse communities 
of people across the social economic spectrum in which the body of Christ has taken root and in which the Holy Spirit is active. Reading through it just then, what did you feel? I think it's very us. It is very twiddle. I feel we're quite well rooted in our image and our direction. And I think that the way that this has been written, it sums up who we are. It gives us our our identity, really. And I feel quite proud of, you know, um, the things that we have done as a church being here. 30 years now, all my life, um, I can see examples, you know, of the things that we have done to reach out to the community, what we want them to know that we are here, what we're trying to achieve, what we're trying to provide for them. So, you know, they're just as much as part of us as, as we are, you know. And um, I think this is quite um, poetic, you know, in, in who Twiddle is and what we're trying to do as, as a church. One of the reasons I wanted to do it this way was to sort of give the impression not only to the church at large, but to the people that live here, like you have something that the church needs. You have something to say that needs to be heard, um, whether it's smashing down these stereotypes of people that live on these estates or even the positive things um, about what they think church is all about and how it makes a difference in people's lives and the importance of prayer. And I mean, these are words that the church needs to hear. And again, if it doesn't hear it, suffers. So there's responsibility on both sides. As I was thinking about this project, I was also simultaneously teaching a class on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a early 20th century theologian from German who led the Confessing Church movement or tried to lead the Confessing Church movement against the Nazis and was killed by them in uh, 1945. He's got this idea, Bonhoeffer does, of that Christ exists in the world today as community, as the church. And every time I came to Twiddle, I thought, this is Christ existing here. And then I thought, the Church of England in particular is in decline, and there's a lot of negative news about it. How might the Church in Twiddle be carrying and bearing the rest of the Church that's in decline? Um, What are they offering? And we don't normally think in these terms, right? Because this place has a smaller congregation than, say, larger churches in London. But... In God's economy, that doesn't really make a difference, right? It could be that the prayers of the small group here in Twiddle are carrying the rest of the larger church. It could be that the prayers of the people in Twiddle are the reason why there has not been a schism in the Church of England yet, because of these people's prayers. And to sort of remind ourselves of this radical dependence we have on one another, even to that extent, um, that it's not numbers and powers and influence, but it's the vocations and gifts that God has given to particular communities, and I got that from Bonhoeffer. The church in Twiddle means so much to everyone who attends and really feels central to the lives of the people here. Kevin, who we heard from earlier, and his brother-in-law, Chris, found meaning in their lives through the work of Holy Trinity Church. First, Chris. I was quite anti... I wasn't sure whether before whether I believed or whether I was just anti because growing up with a severe stammer when I was a child and I was like a bit an- a- angry that I had to go through some of the bullying that I was tormented with. So it was a surprise when we 
met the vicar then. It was a surprise to me through getting to know her. When I sort of look back on God being in my life, I can remember sitting outside here on the bench outside the church and I didn't really know God, but I was sort of thinking, well, you know, be nice to be able to move this way. And within six months, we'd been offered a place in Twiddle. So I look back now and I see God was already planned the path for me. It was the Sunday before we got married, she preached a sermon on Moses. At the time when I was really nervous about having to stand up in front of everyone and say my vows without stammering and messing up. And she would talk about Moses and Moses saying, I can't do this because I'm slow of speech, I'm not an eloquent man, which was really like God really spoke to me through that. And that was like, oh. God continued to stretch me because Although I had been to speech therapy for my stammer, so I'd got most of the phonetics about speaking fluently, I still didn't want to put myself out there. I was still comfortable sitting in the back row and not doing anything towards the service, but it was just... Jill again, was still the vicar then, asked us a load of us to get up and to do prayers the following week and everyone else didn't seem too keen so I ended up doing all the prayers and it was real a real calling for me that, that God was calling me to get up more and do more more speaking roles at, at the front rather than just sitting in the pews at the back I moved here in 2003 and just one Sunday morning, I just got the urge to get up and go for a walk. And I was like, well, this is, you know, I don't normally do this sort of thing. But I got a strong feeling to walk around Twiddle. And I was like, well, so I ended up at the church. And I thought, church, I'd never go to church. It didn't interest me at all. And I stood at the gates and I looked down the path and I was like, um, I felt like I was being called and I know I understand it now but I didn't understand it at the time and I was like well what's going on in there and I stood there for ages and I'm going to walk down the path and it was a long way from the gate to the first set of doors and I got there and I stood there for ages and I was like I'm going to go in so I could hear the woman vicar preaching and uh, I thought right Where's the closest seat to the door? So I went in and I sat down. I worked out where I was going to sit. And I thought, if she comes off that, where she's preaching, and walks up that carpet, I'll be gone before she can get here. But from the moment I sat there, there was a, such a feeling of love. And I just sat there and I didn't understand it. I didn't even understand God. But someone didn't take me to church. Someone didn't hold my hand. I feel God actually called me to that point at that moment. One of the most difficult 
sermon that I had to give was when Jesus goes into the wilderness and I struggle with words beginning with D. So you've got devil, desert, point and case. This sermon was one that I dreaded because even when I was rehearsing it, I couldn't say it fluently and before, and I was like, what am I going to do? And I hated giving that sermon and I couldn't, I was so glad when it was over. But so many people said to me afterwards what a message it was and how encouraging it was because they could see me struggling, but I said, I'm, the, the devil doesn't want me to give the sermon, I'm going to give it anyway. So it's not always been plain sailing, and it, I do struggle at times, but I think it's them times that there's a message for people to hear. I feel God was lining things up for me because my boy's mum left when he was five, and... I think from that moment on, my life with Jesus and the Holy Spirit just come so alive because I had to, I had no one to depend on. And actually, the one person that was going to, I believe in my life, that I could trust wholeheartedly was Jesus. Kevin is the man. I have a PhD in theology. But I need to learn from Kevin. Like, I need to learn how to pray from Kevin. Like, he is a better prayer than I am. I mean, I need that. It's not a charity thing for me to go and listen to him. It's something that I would be in his debt if he taught me how to do that. Um, and if leadership looked at these places as, as actual resources and not just places that require our attention and charity, the church will be stronger. Twiddle does not need charity, it needs no one's charity. I think the thing that the church can learn from this project is the value of being heard on this church community has been enormous. And not just for them, but also for, for me and for us as we go forward. We were talking earlier about the, the Twiddle Declaration and, and what that means for our local community. You know, in every decision that we make, if we hold it up to the Twiddle Declaration, how does it measure up? How do we choose our leadership team how do we decide on how we respond to environmental concerns how do we deal with a same-sex couple how do we do any of that in the light of the declaration and actually the listening exercise that we've gone through i think now brings me to to a real sense of clarity of understanding of what this church stands for and i think it will be an exercise many churches would be you know benefiting from Leaving the warmth of Holy Trinity Church and heading out onto the parade of shops around the Greener Twiddle, I can't help but notice that signpost once again. And although it's not perfect here, the problems do still exist. The rays of light that backdrop the sign take on a whole new meaning to me. It now represents the amazing outreach work and compassion of the church here, touching everyone that even those who find themselves in the darkest of places, Holy Trinity Church will always have an open door, offer help 
and support. Twiddle's a great example of a church that works. If you walk in those doors on a Sunday, whoever you are and whatever you bring, there are people who will come alongside you and accept you and listen to you. And just rejoicing in the presence of other people, they're, they're really great at that. We're completely moving forward and there's all these different things, friendship circle, everything that's going on and these are non-Christian people that are coming into our church and actually even if they don't know Jesus they're walking across that threshold they're blessed by the Holy Spirit so for these non-Christian people to come into our building and is amazing we're not here to tell people how they should be Christians actually we very, very rapidly, and I mean, I've been the vicar of this place for five years, it comes as no surprise to me. Every day is a day where you learn something about your faith from the way the people of this church exercise their faith. Finding the Treasure, Good News from the Estates, has been presented by me, Liza Ward, and is a whistle-down production on behalf of the Church of England's Estates Evangelism Task Group.